Hello and welcome to Peaceful at Heart. My name is Cedric Martin and I'll be your host. Each episode we're going to take a closer look at the book Peaceful at Heart, Anabaptist Reflections on Healthy Masculinity. We'll dive into the chapters, hear from the authors, and think a little bit more about what healthy masculinity looks like in our modern context. Joining us today is David Augsburger. David, welcome and thanks for your work on the books so that we can discuss it today. How are you doing? I'm fine, and I'm delighted to have a chance to have a conversation about this mysterious thing called discipleship. Yes, me too. So thanks for joining us. Uh, David, let's jump right into your chapter. Uh, In your chapter, you say, as storytelling creatures, we live not by those stories that we possess, but the stories that possess us. Uh, That's really beautiful imagery. I really like that. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what that means to you and, and how that plays out? Well, I think when I was studying in South India, in Bangalore, I, I read a lot of Gandhi's work. And gradually, Gandhi began to take possession of a lot of the ways I responded to people. I began to incorporate language that he used and behaviors that he was uh, known to exhibit and test them out. It was like I was testing out what it would be to be a disciple of his. And then I thought, you know, this is, this is very much what I, what I do when, when I'm thinking about my faith in Jesus. The story of Jesus becomes the central kind of organizing story uh, of my life. And, uh, and I see how my story becomes a, a small footnote in addition to what happens in his story of concern and compassion and caring and curiosity and confrontation and critical cynicism of stale, uh, stifling uh, structures in society, of his courage, of his gutsiness, of, of all these things that that slowly I come to admire. And the older I get, the more I think they're really valuable. That's great. Yeah, I the, the imagery of of uh, those stories that we hold is really sticking with me. So thank you. David, your, your chapter's focus is on discipleship and masculinity. You say, to be a disciple is to learn the discipline of relinquishment, to surrender special privilege, to give up entitlement. What does that look like or how could it look like? That's a hard question to ask uh, or to answer, I would say, because uh, masculinity is the the medium through which I will experience discipleship, express discipleship, and uh, and practice it with other people. And so, the way my culture, my family, and my personal development has shaped my understanding of what it is to be male, to be a man, is going to filter how I go about doing that discipleship. Uh, and and so. I need to allow the discipleship to constantly critique and correct assumptions that I bring from masculinity uh, that if I'm going to be a man, I have the right to defend myself. Well, maybe defense is not all that important. If I'm going to be a man, I have a right to be entitled to take over and fill the room when I walk into the room. Oh, maybe I don't. Maybe I should step in as a shadow 
and observe what's going on and listen. If I'm going to be a man, my point of view is really more important than than um, the women in my life. Are you kidding? They frequently see, hear, understand, and intuit things that I totally miss because my experience has not connected me to relationships as tightly. And my answer is getting too long. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so it's it's sort of a, a sense of awareness, too, about what, what presence you have. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a constant cleaning and correcting of the filters that uh, allow us to admit experience into our lives and to see through those to reality for what really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. David, I appreciate how you talk about the uh, sort of temptation to skip over much of Jesus's life. Uh, the incarnation, and then to the passion of Christ. What does discipleship look like when we refocus on the teachings of Jesus? Well, in a liturgy we use in our home-based church, we have a, a what we call a Anabaptist comma. Mm-hmm. And the comma is between uh, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, or however the Apostles' Creed is in the particular version you use. And the comma there is only a comma. And Walter Brueggemann, the Old Testament scholar, he used to say, it's only a comma, but oh, what a comma. Because that comma contains the entire story of Jesus' encounter with people, his impact on people's lives, his receptivity to people, his listening and receiving their experience into his experience and doing the give and take of, of wonderful conversations. And so what happens is that when you take the entire ministry of Jesus as a role model for your life, then the death and the passion is the ultimate logical, inevitable consequence of having lived a life like that. And so you say, I'm willing to risk living a life that is modeled on that, no matter what the cost might be. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, I think the gospel writers uh, fell into that temptation a bit too, skipping over much of Jesus's life too. True. Yeah. What role does masculinity play in discipleship? Well, I think that being a disciple is being a learner. And it's, it's, it's being a learner to a teacher. It's being a follower to a leader. It's being a, a, a student to one who is a guide. It is, it is being obedient to one who gives uh, a sense of value orientation and direction. And masculinity often is a way of defending ourselves against being taught, against being guided, against being led, against being uh, a learner. We are, we are to be strong. We are to be capable. We are to be confident. We are to be on top of things. And relinquishing that, giving up entitlements, becoming vulnerable 
and open to learn and receive and respond to other people so that you're a living, breathing part of the human fabric and human community uh, opens it to an, a different kind of masculinity, a masculinity that is not androgynous in the common sense that it uh, doesn't have a sense of, of, of its particular focus, but it's, but it's gaining everything that is possible from the whole of human experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. David, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, before we go, though, do you have any sending thoughts for us as we go into the rest of our day? Well, I, I'm so intrigued by the word discipleship as a way of describing what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And my final thought would be from the early Anabaptist leader. His name was Hans Dank. He was a mystic. He was an unusual person in his uh, way of phrasing and, and catching things uh, uh, beautifully. And he said, no one can know Christ truly except that person follows Christ daily in life. And I think that Jesus is one you only learn to know in the following process, not in the conceptualizing, not in the theorizing, not in the theologizing, but in following. It's when I do Jesus work by knowing the presence of Jesus and responding. Uh, that's when, that's when I know something about discipleship. Thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Cedric, and a delight to talk with you. Peaceful at Heart was recorded in the city of Takaranto, the land covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. This is the Dish with One Spoon territory. The Dish with One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, Mississaugas, and Haudenosaunee that bound them to share the territory and protect the land. Subsequent indigenous nations and peoples, Europeans, and all newcomers have been invited into this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. We all eat out of the dish, and all of us that share this territory with one spoon. We want to acknowledge the ancestral lands and waterways of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Seneca, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Takaranto is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We wish to thank them and any other nations who cared for this land. Colonization is a continuing form of oppression, so it is important that we acknowledge the lands and digital spaces that we are holding and taking up. We remember the acknowledged and unacknowledged, recorded and unrecorded, past, present, and future. We are all treaty people. Peaceful at Heart was produced and edited by myself, Cedric Martin. It was made possible thanks to Mennonite Central Committee, Mennonite Church Eastern Canada, Be in Christ Church of Canada, Theatre of the Beat, and of course, by Mennonite Men. To find more resources, head to MennoniteMen.org.